because they don't they don't give me the love the way that I want the love, which is so on brand. Oop, too real. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cut that out! Cut that part out! Cut that part out! Okay. Welcome to Love Bites, a romance and sex advice podcast hosted by two over-caffeinated, under-qualified drag queens. Today, I'm over-caffeinated Gilda Wabbit. And I'm under-caffeinated Sydney Hampton. <laughs> we're both under-qualified. Yes. And we're so glad you're here. Sydney, tell me about your week. How have you been? I've been sick, mama. Girl boots. It's the weather, I think. The um, Kentucky crud has gone around. Boots. I've I've been, like, I've had days where I'm up and days where I'm very, 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 very down. Um, I have a new boyfriend, and thank God, perfect timing, because we both got sick at the same fucking time, and one day I'd be better and he wouldn't be. And then he'd be, like, in bed, like, shaking, and I'm like, what do you need? Do you need water? you need soup? I got you. How can you. I help you? How yeah. can I help you? And then we just take turns, and then... Uh, today we both woke up and we felt like shit, um, took a really hot steamy shower to like loosen everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be, we, we are like already comfortable enough being gross and like snotty around each other. So, um, we got that out of our system. They're like, we feel great. Let's go to Aldi. Good. I Went to that. Aldi, came back home. I felt like shit. Also, my knees wrapped. I hurt my knee. Do you want to oh, know how I, how do you hurt your knee? Second day? It was, it was a sex, it was a sex, uh, sex related injury. Yeah. I hurt my knee. Doing something that I've, I don't understand. I don't, I can't remember. Cindy, you're 30 now. I know. And I got, I was like. (laughs) We're old. I was like, I have a sex-related injury and I wasn't even doing anything crazy. Yeah. It was like, it was like, let's do this before we go get coffee. Yeah. Yep. We're old now. And I hurt myself. Welcome to it. Gilda, I hate it. (laughs) I know. I know. It's miserable. I'll tell you, I also have had the Kentucky crud. And it's funny because all this aligned up super well. So obviously I took my COVID tests. Yeah. Not COVID. Um, I went to get my STI testing, yeah. not like oral gonorrhea or chlamydia or anything. I went to the doctor. They were like, well, it's not strep. It's not, it's probably not a sinus infection. We're not going to give you antibiotics. So like, I don't know what the fuck it is, yeah. but it's been two weeks and it's moved from like a, what felt like a crazy sinus infection. Like I was super inflamed and like couldn't breathe and like had like green gross not coming out of my mouth, my face to like now it's like in my throat and my like lymph nodes are so swollen. I'm like, I can just, like, massage. Uh, see, you can already, when I'm, when I'm like, pressing on my lymph nodes, you can hear that my voice, like, returns where it likes to live. But, like, yeah. it's, it just doesn't stay there anymore. Does that um, work for me? Does that sound any different? No, but, like, you're, you're not doing trans voice shit. That's true. Which I am. Um, but it's been insane. And, like, my roommate, one of my roommates had it, one of my roommates didn't, thank God. Um, but like, it's just going fucking around. Yeah. I hate it. And I feel like, I feel like now that like, we've all been through like COVID, every time you get like a cold that goes around or a bug that goes around, it lasts like three weeks instead of like six days. Yeah. And it's just like, I got to like dayquil myself up and like drink a lot of water and piss my brains out and hope to God I'm fine. Yeah. The, I got the liquid IV or the, yeah. is that what it's called? Uh-huh. IV? Yeah. Um, for hangovers because I'm not a person. You're not good at hydrating yourself? I'm not good at hydrating myself. And I'm doing better, but I'm not great. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I got that because I was like, oh, I'm sick. And I'm already, like, I'm already struggling. Mama, you're sickening. Sick. Oh, baby, I'm sickening, baby. Boots. Sickening boots. House. Um, I'm like, I'm drinking my uh, liquid IV. I'm taking my vitamin C chew, uh, chew tablet every day. Oh, yeah. Vitamin C. I'm yeah. on it. 
Zinc, I'm on it. How am I still Elderberry sick? syrup, I'm on it. How am I, like, how am I, I take that, that well C, it's the, the Walgreens. Yeah, it's great. I, I take it every day and I still get sick. I want to know what it's all for. It's not for anything. The world is a cruel, cold place, Sydney Hampton. And most bad things that happen to us are not there to teach us a lesson. There's are bad things that happen to us. <laughs> Business me off. I know. Uh, I have a podcast where my life experience is supposed to, like, be valuable. But instead, I'm sick and missing the appointment. Oh, oh no, you are valuable time. because you ha- you injured your knee during sex. So now you have something to share when we get asked questions about injuries during sex. Oh, my God. Your please, experiences are Please valuable. ask questions because I want to bitch about this. <laughs> I know. I'll talk about the way that when you're a trans woman whose dick doesn't stay rock hard, that if you accidentally pull out of somebody and try to shove yourself back in, you can really hurt your penis. <laughs> Oh, because it's like, it's like that soft, like that, like chub, it's still chubby. Like it's still hard enough to like penetrate somebody, but like but you if you, like if you aim it. wrong, you like yeah. bend it. Ooh. Oh, I'm, I'm familiar with that. It's not the T. No. It's T for T, but it's not the T. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. We need to have a sex injury episode. Um, <laughs> I've had, I've had a few. I've had more than a few. So, Gil, aside from aside from uh, from sex injuries and being sick, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm in the middle of, and I think when this episode is released, I'll still be in the middle of. I'm in the middle of two rehearsal processes where yeah. both shows tech and open the same weekend because I'm insane. If you know anything about theater, you know that the the phrase doing two shows that tech and open the same weekend is insane is like so real. Um, I'm doing Alice in Derbyland with Drag Daddy Productions, where I'm playing the villain. The Delta Queen. And I'm also doing Rocky Horror Picture Show with Time Slip Theater where I'm playing <gasps> Frankenfurter. Um, so I get to like vamp around. I Both tracks are amazing. I yeah. get to like go, I get to come on stage, be super impactful, not have to dance because I'm the lead, just sing great music, then walk off stage and let everyone else do the work and then come back on and do it again and get all the attention. And um, thank you so much for both these theater companies for letting me live the life that I want, which is yeah. put a spotlight on me and let me be fabulous. Thank yeah. you. Um, but I am tired. I am stressed. And I am coping by playing Dragon Quest Builders. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm replaying uh, Breath of the Wild before the new one comes out. I love I'm that. I'm so excited. I, I could never... This is blasphemy. I want to tell you all what I'm about to say is like a heinous thing in gamer circles. I could never get into the graphics of Breath of the Wild, and so I couldn't play it. Sydney is going to murder me right now. I don't under. I've seen so much slander on my timeline about Breath of the Wild. People are like, "Hot take, I don't like it," and I'm like, "What do you mean you don't like it? Right? What do you mean you don't? How do you not like it? The graphics? Do you play Genshin Impact? I don't. Okay, never mind. But there's. I was, but I, was I, gonna, did, I was gonna get I you did, right together, I did, girl. I did play Genshin Impact, and I'll tell you the difference between Genshin and Breath of the Wild that really struck me. And this is like a thing that's hard for me in video games in general is that Breath of the Wild has so much more bloom. The lighting effects seem so much stronger, and like it's hard for my like eyes to like adjust well. Okay, and I I, I don't I do think it's beautiful. Like when I see screenshots, it's beautiful, but it's not a thing that like I can play for hours without my eyes hurting. Okay, I have astigmatism. Okay, well now we're just making things up. That's not even a real word. I have astigmatism. That's not a real word. I have I have a different contact or a different lens in my right glass than I do in my left glass because I have astigmatism in my right eye. It also means when I drive at night. It's really hard for me to see because the blacks are too black and the glares of all the lights are too bright. And so, like, I can't see things. Is it like the light? Like, you can see the bulb, but then everything around the bulb is the same color. And it's, like, hazy and blurry. And it makes it hard to drive. Sydney, you have astigmatism. Oh, my God. I have astigmatism. (laughs) (laughs) 
No. My mom also has night blindness, which is like I think essentially the same thing, and I'm sure that's what I have. That's what my mom but, always told me I had. So yeah. is it the same thing? Yeah. But it makes it makes playing games that like really lean into that uh, visual effect hard for me. I do remember when I was playing um, the the reboots of Tomb Raider. Uh, sometimes the lighting effects would like like make it hard for me to see the HUD. Yeah. I had to turn Bloom off when I played Oblivion. It was like a visual feature you could turn off yeah. because it made it too crazy for me. Okay. You I'm not what? saying the game's bad. I'm just saying I can't play it. No, no, no. I, I think if it comes to like accessibility things, when someone's like, I don't like that game because of the accessibility options. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to shut my fucking mouth because yeah. if you didn't like it for gameplay, then you're an asshole. Yeah. I'm but not if even you didn't saying like it because it's uncomfortable to play. That's right. different. Yeah. I'm not even saying I don't like it. Yeah. I'm just saying it's uncomfortable to play, yeah. which is okay. like a distinction. I'm sure it's a beautiful, wonderful game. Although I will say this. I recently started, so I've been playing Dragon Quest Builders because it's free on my PlayStation Plus membership and it's like Minecraft with a story. I'm obsessed with it. And so I was like, oh my God, am I in my like cute, cozy games era? Maybe I should just play Dragon Quest XI because everyone says Dragon Quest XI is great and I love Dragon Quest Builders. So I started Dragon Quest XI. Do you know what I don't like? Dragon Quest XI. I find it fucking inanely boring. It is so mundane. Oh, really? And I've been reading about it and apparently a lot of the reviews are like, yeah, this game is so great because I play it before bed and it helps you fall asleep. And I'm like, no, I don't want a game to help me fall asleep. I want a game to help me engage. If I want to fall asleep, I'll read horny smut so I can like have sexy dreams when I go to bed because now that I'm a woman, I'm a romance novel lady. I love that. (laughs) But I don't want to play, I want to play a game that excites me Yeah. and it doesn't. It really does put me to sleep. I'll like play it for 30 minutes where like, well... It's only 2 a.m., but I guess I'm going to bed. I love that. I play video games, too. I have, I have like, different... So I'm a PC gamer, typically. Good for you. Um, there's a game called Unpacking. Oh, I've heard about it. It's yeah. on Switch, too, I think. Yes. So um, it's a really good game. You'll love it, I think. Yeah. It's, like, a... It's serene. It's not going to make you go to sleep. Great. It's, but it's, like, but it, cozy. It's very cozy. Like, cozy gamer girl era. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of those on Steam, and some of them are on Switch and Xbox as well. I've wanted to get a Steam Deck so bad. I don't have the money, but I want to get a Steam Deck so bad. Honestly, just get, like, a decent enough laptop that can play. You yeah. don't need a Steam Deck. They're so cute. They are cute, but you can they play. Travel. I play with my Switch Pro controller. Oh, fun. On your computer? On my computer. That's, that's nice. How I, play, that's how the, uh, I play DVD. Yeah. I'm a Switch girl and a PS4 girl. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I, have, I, have, I have all of them because I'm a psycho, but... Yeah. I definitely tend to be PC, PlayStation, and Switch. I love that. Should we dive into the questions? Yeah, let's hit it. Great. All right, friends. Our first question is a short question, and I think we're going to have also a short answer. We'll see, though. Sometimes we get talky, and I'm in a yeah. fucking mood today, aren't I, City Hampton? You are. Um, question one. What are y'all's opinions? I'm so sorry. I, I kentuckified it. What are your all's opinions on straight women slash AFAB drag queens? Sydney... Question one, what's your opinion on straight women and AFAB drag queens? Um, I have absolutely no issue with AFAB queens. Yeah. Um, I will say that years ago, when I was a very different person, mm-hmm. I was one of those those uh, gay people who like complained about women being in their spaces. And yeah. that quickly changed whenever it was literally spelled out for me that, one, women can be gay too. Right. And then also that women feel safer in gay bars and they're not actually causing any, they're not doing anything wrong by existing. Yeah. We're just like, as a uh, reformed gay man, I was, um, I guess, like pissed off. I love that reformed, reformed gay man. Reformed gay man. Um, 
I guess we all just like get pissed off whenever we we see something that we think is like impeding on a space that's for us. So like an old Sydney Hampton would have had an issue with it, but I mean some of the best queens that I know. I talked about Faye Lutz before on this podcast. Amazing. I, I love Faye so Lutz. talented. Love Faye Lutz. We have Baby St Jane here in the city. So great. Um, I consider Ethel. pageant winner Baby yes. St Jane. Pageant winner. Um, Miss uh, Miss. K, no, not KPF. Was it? Was it Miss Played? Played Diva? Play, play FI? Play, play, play Female FI. Impersonator? Play Diva? I think it's Diva. Yeah. We're not sure. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm not have, a pageant woman. We also have like <laughs> Ethel, who I, who, it does burlesque, but like right. it's like dragified burlesque. Well, and I think, I think that's something that's important is I think there's this, when you say like straight women who do drag or yeah. AFAB people who do drag, I think when it comes to these sort of like, gritty nightlife art forms and of course there's also drag that's not gritty in nightlife mm-hmm. um i don't do it but it exists yeah, not for me. um but when it comes to these like gritty nightlife art forms like burlesque like cabaret like vaudeville and circus performing and drag yeah. all of it is starting to overlap as we're coming more into the mainstream as we have easier avenues of communication mm-hmm. via like social media and texting and all of this stuff and so i i think what we're seeing is a lot of people who felt like st- who felt because of their gender or because of their sexuality like stuck in one avenue moving into others you know like yeah. i i'm i'm somebody who like as a trans woman am really inspired by and hope to one day work in and alongside burlesque performers and in burlesque spaces um and so if there are like straight women or afap performers who felt really like stuck in burlesque because they were like, oh, I can't do drag because it's like a gay men's space or a trans mm-hmm. woman's space. I really hope that those performers can feel comfortable to work in drag spaces and if they ch- yeah. choose to identify as drag queens because all of us are trying to make beauty, are trying to make um, uh, laughter, are trying to make entertainment, are trying to make sensuality happen yeah. on stage. Um, and I think I, I, I think this is true when it comes to gender and sexuality as well as when it comes to like art forms is that labels that you choose to identify yourself with are only as important as those labels get you the resources and the opportunities that you're looking for. Yeah. And so if you, as a straight woman or as a person who identifies as AFAB, choose to also identify as a drag performer or a drag queen, whether you're doing femme drag or mass drag or androgynous drag, that's great if that's the kind of opportunities and workspace you want to align yourself with. Yeah. I think also drag is empowering. Like, and drag has been very empowering for me, especially in the last couple of years, where I've like started to put more of like who I am in my drag rather than just doing what I thought I should be doing. Yeah. Because I came up in like pageant world. Um, but I've talked to like, I've, I'll, I'll be at the bar watching the show and like there'll be, you know, a woman who's like a little bit, you know, she's had a couple of drinks or whatever and she's like, I want to do this. And I'm like, then do it. Do Come it. Come on a Wednesday. We have open stage. Beverly Hills up there. Right. You can talk to her after the show and, and find out what you need to do to sign up or whatever. And they 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 always say like, but I'm I'm like I'm like a like I'm a woman and I'm like yeah, okay yeah do it anyway do it anyway put on a cheap Amazon Prime course that doesn't fit exactly. put on a party city wig and a yes. pair of boots you got at DSW just like every fucking faggot yeah. does his first time in drag and have a good time yeah and they're like but are you sure that it's okay that I do it I'm like yes yes yeah. and I I feel like I feel like um. For some women, it, too, like, it can be, like, an empowering way to, you know, maybe you don't sing. You know, maybe you don't 
Uh, maybe you're not like you didn't come up and dance, and like you don't really get a, you don't have a, an avenue to really express yourself artfully yeah. outside of painting love laugh love signs for your kitchen. Right. Like drag can be the cool thing that you put yourself into. Absolutely. So many of us have no talent. So honest. Hello. Yeah. Hi. My talent is not being seen and being heard. And <laughs> city sound is being loud. <laughs> <laughs> but like so many of us have like so many of us came to drag because yeah we didn't have those opportunities we didn't have those 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 paths and i think that that's a shared experience across gender and across sexuality is that like the idea that like you feel limited by what you can do and who you can be by the box that society's put you in um and i'm not saying that every drag queen feels the way that sydney and i do i think you may run into resistance but i'm saying that you can feel strongly and firmly that you're allowed to do drag whatever other drag queens say to you um as long as and and i'm I'm gonna say you can be a drag queen as long as you're not a fucking dick but i say that and i should say that to like gay men who do drag and trans women who do drag too because so many people who do fucking drag are dicks and all i'm saying all i want to say personally is like do drag and just don't be an asshole do you know how many drag queens are fucking like vehement racists girl girl do you know how many gay male drag queens are transphobes and misogynists? Uh-huh, absolutely. God, just because you're a marginalized identity does not make you a good person. Exactly. It does not. And just because you're a marginalized identity uh, doesn't mean that you can't be oppressive to other... Other marginalized trans- identities. Yeah. It's true. So, uh, yeah, do... So, you have... You have um, I will just say, Gilda and I are, I think... Pretty fucking smart. Yeah, love bite stamp of approval. Yeah, you have you have our approval to get started. And if you if you have um, questions about how to get started, like go to your local bars, talk to the queens. The best way that you can get started talking to a drag queen is to buy her a drink and let her see you tip her. Um, I like tequila, silver chilled with a lime. Um, I like tequila uh, with a Sprite chaser. Or alternatively, just go to the bar and ask Nolan for whatever fruity Gildo thing. Gildo or Sydney wants. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, they'll know. Blackberry lemon drop, solid yeah. choice. The Gilda shower, the Gilda's golden shower, which is um, saltwater Woody's lemon rum with a yellow Red Bull. Just to serve that, we do. Like they threatened to take it away, but I bought a lot of it so that it could stay on the books. Like yeah, because <laughs> um, I like Paul, who runs that company, and he knows my cousin Clayton. I love that. Keep it in the family. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's question one. Thank you so much, um, listener. Yeah, um, I guess we should take a little ad break and then move on to question two. Yeah. The Derby Drag Musical returns for a third year. What am I talking about? Alice in Derbyland, of course. Churchill Downs Magazine says Alice in Derbyland celebrates all things Kentucky. If you want silly, child-friendly drag in your life, come see Alice in Derbyland. Produced by Leo Weekly's Reader's Choice Best Performing Arts Group and Best Theater Production Company, Drag Daddy Productions. You can get tickets now on DragDaddy.pro. That's DragDaddy.pro. And the two dates are April 16th at Paris Town and April 21st at Art Sanctuary. That's Alice in Derbyland. Question number two. Hey, love gurus. I'm a mom of a 15-year-old boy who is asking some questions, and I don't want to fuck things up. Can you do a primer for parents on how not to fuck up too badly? He wants to know about toys and experimenting and is afraid of hurting himself, and I just don't have the answers. Like, is it weird to buy him sex-related stuff? I know y'all grew up in this area, and while the world is changing, I'm still fearful for my kid in Kentucky. I don't want to stifle him, but I also want him to be safe, especially with the government targeting queer people right now, and so many emboldened by fascists to be violent. Just any advice or insights would be so helpful. Love your podcast, thanks. Um, tough 
Tough question. Series of questions. It's like two questions, yeah. sort of. The first question is like, my child is sexually experimenting and is being really open and honest with me. Good for you. Yeah, Happy to hear that. that. How do I support them and not, quote unquote, fuck up too badly? And the second part of the question is like, the world is a dangerous place for queer kids. How do I encourage my child to be themselves and also keep them safe? Let's Okay, so let's tackle, let's tackle your kid being open with you about sex. Great. Um, and like self-exploration. I do want to say at the top of this, yeah. and if you if you disagree with me, you can say that, but Cindy and I have never been parents. Never. And I, in fact, don't want to be a parent. Same. I feel about kids like I feel about dogs. Like, I love it when other people have them. You and I disagree there. Yeah. I want dogs. Yeah, I don't want dogs. But um, I think children are very important, and I think they should be handled with care, which is also part of why I don't want to be a parent. Yeah. I, I'm I trying to handle myself with care. Mm-hmm. I don't have the the enough to give a child what they deserve. Yeah. I'm yeah. nurturing, but I can be too nurturing. And if I treat my friends the way I treat my friends, then I would treat a child like somewhere between the most loving parent of all time and also a wicked stepmother because I'm kind of fucking psychotic. So, huh. yeah. No kids for me, but... Say um, going to therapy soon. Yeah. Kudos to you for... Being a uh, great mom. Yeah, clearly. I mean, if I... the child feels open and comfortable with you. I know your kids. Um, so I know that they're great. Uh, actually, listener was the mother of my best friend in high school. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah. Um, so I'm... Uh, so I will say with this one, with the, like, especially with the climate of things uh, today, um, when it comes to, like, talking about queer kids' sexuality, it can be a little... Tricky. Tricky. But I'm going to just, I'm just going to go for it. So when I was, when I was 14, 15, and I was going to my little Christian school and confused about my body, um, I will say I used unsafe means to experiment with myself. Me and the broom handle and yeah. the bottle of a vino lotion in the bathroom at 2 a.m. Like it's a fucking clue movie. Yeah. So yeah. do you remember those, bu- those bubble ones? <laughs> no, Sydney! The bubble ones. <laughs> Honestly, better for you than a wooden broom handle. Though. Yeah, because that didn't get splinters. But no. they, they do have a seam of, of like, the, where the plastics, like, put together. Yeah. Um, so don't recommend at all. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's... It, if I had been in a home where I could, one, have my own Amazon Prime account. Right. Um, or a bank card that my parents didn't have access to, I could have bought myself the little, uh, you know, I don't know porn star penis uh, mold from men.com right. or gone on Amazon and got something. Um, and it probably would have been, probably would have been much safer. Um, yeah. And I think it's great that you're willing to do this. The, the, it's it's going to be uncomfortable to talk to your kid, you know, like settle down and be like, hey, um, we're going to call him Jack. Hey, Jack. So you want to jack off to jack off. Um, here are some toys that I researched online for you. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. That's not, that's not particularly easy conversation to have, but it's, I think it's great that you're willing to have it. Alternatively, um, depending on, on, on his comfort, you can also, um, ask them to add a couple things maybe to a cart and then, you know, you can just hit one click buy and you don't even have to look at it. It's true. That's a, it's a really interesting question. I also, I want to say, I don't know, I, I'm a woman who fully believes in civil disobedience, and also I don't know where, like, the legal lines fall on this. Um, 
which I think would probably be important to like understand and know if you're if you're going to be doing civil disobedience or you think you may be doing civil disobedience, you should know which laws you might be breaking. Um, is it illegal to buy? Your... I don't know. That's why I'm. I'm, oh, I'm gotcha, gotcha, I don't gotcha. know, and I'm curious if it is. I can't imagine that it that it is. I I would, but I would, but we're also in Kentucky. I know. I would not be surprised if it were. So, um, but also, I I think there is room as a parent to say, "Hey, I understand that this is something you're looking for and you're researching. I'm really grateful that you're talking to me about it. And here are the specific things that I feel uncomfortable doing for you. Yeah. That's not to shame you. This yeah. is just like my personal boundary." Um, I think that's a great way to communicate in a way that, like, one, teaches your kids about boundaries, teaches your kids about the importance of consent around sexual topics in general, but also leaves the communication line open, possibly. Yeah. Um, Because I think if I were to have a child, and again, I don't want to have a child, I think it's a lot of pressure. I don't think I'd be very good at it. Um, But I think if they were like, hey, I'm interested in this and I have questions, I don't know that I would be comfortable buying them a sex toy. Um, But I would hope that I could say to them, like, hey, I don't think it's weird or bad for you to own this. And, like, I personally feel uncomfortable doing this uh, for you and, like, with you, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, it, but that's, like, a tricky spot to be in. And I and you said, like, how do you have a primer of how to not fuck up as a parent? Truly and honestly, I, I think no matter how much – and I think I've said this on the podcast before – no matter how much you sincerely try to be in your integrity and to do the very best that you can – there's no way to guarantee that you won't fuck up somehow. Yeah. There's no way to guarantee that you won't upset your child or that you won't, uh, 10 years on the line, find out that something you said to them traumatized them. And I'm. it sounds like you're being very thoughtful. And it sounds like you care a lot. And I think those things are really valuable. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that you may still feel like you fucked up in the future. But it's. I think that your care and your thoughtfulness are very valuable. And that's important to, like, celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're a parent, so you're going to fuck up. And that's, that's, that's to be expected. And you're, and it's not even that, even that you fuck up. It's, it's also your kid, um, in the uh, existing, in the, the, the climate and the space and the time that they're in when you do the thing. Yeah. It's like that butterfly effect or whatever. Like something that you do that you don't realize is going to have a big effect on them may have a big effect on them because of things that are outside of your, yours and his control. Right. Um, so like, don't beat yourself up. You clearly like we like it's 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 clear to both of us that you care a lot. You're willing to you're willing to ask two drag queens with a podcast. Like how do I how, help my queer kid? Yeah, and that's important and valuable and I think that I would ha- I would have a conversation with him. Um if you're not comfortable, I kind of tackled the question as if like you're like you know, you're Gucci with buying a sex toy and also not thinking about the legal ramifications. But um, you can also turn a blind eye while he has your credit card. Right. That's um, so true. And here's your budget. Yeah. Here's your budget. Don't you've tell got, mommy. You've got $50. Um, don't, don't talk to me about it. Or don't talk to me about what you bought, but come to me with questions or concerns that you have. And uh, point them in the, the, the direction of, like, resources. Something that I started doing when I was, like, uh, like I moved out of my parents' house and I felt like I had more control over the information that I sought out was literally looking on, like, before Reddit, it was right. just, like, forums. Um, Have him write a question to us. Yeah, If also, there's a question that you don't want to answer, yeah. we'll answer it. Yeah, and if and if he's not comfortable with us doing it, 
publicly, uh, Gil and I will happily sit over a voice note. Absolutely. Yeah. We got you. Friends, listeners, if you want to submit a question, you can submit them to reallyqueerpod at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L-Y-Q-U-E-E-R-P-O-D at gmail.com. I'm always impressed when you do that. Thank you. I'm really good at spelling. (laughs) (laughs) See, talented. Multi-hyphenate. So talented. Um, And now, the second part of your question, when it comes to, like, having a queer child that you don't want to stifle in a world that is, like, fascist and miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's... here's a piece of advice that I think is actionable um, that I have done with many people in my life where I have said, hey, this emotion, this feeling, this mode of expression for you Mm -hmm. doesn't feel safe for you to perform outside of here. And that's really tough. But while you are here in my home, while you are with me in private, you can like be as loud about this as you want to be. Um, I've often expressed it with people when it comes to like the emotion of like anger. I, I work with a lot of I, I work with a lot of people who are also my friends. And when I'm at work, I'm very like, this is professional, we're gonna keep it together, blah, 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 blah. And so I've said to a lot of people, like, hey, if you're angry or upset about something and it's not a thing you can fix in the moment, can I ask you while you're here with me in this space to like be calmer, and then when we get outside of this professional environment, you can, like, be really loud and be really angry and be really upset in front of me, be witnessed in this feeling, and be, like, held while you're feeling this way. Um, And I think that that's a great way to say to your child as well about uh, queer expression and queer identity, like, hey, it can feel really unsafe for you to uh, behave this way in school or behave this way in public and it's okay that it feels unsafe it it is for many people unsafe and i'm so sorry that you're dealing with that but i want to encourage you and affirm for you that it is a safe space at home in this environment because what is happening legislatively and what is happening in public is stuff that is largely out of our individual controls but what happens privately within our own personal relationships and what happens privately in our own home is within our control um, and yeah, I also think truly that we do not live in a world where you can reasonably and feasibly keep a queer child totally safe. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, and I think even, even if the world were slightly better, they were still yeah. not a way to keep a queer child totally safe. No. Um, I feel like and, we've regressed quite a bit in the past couple of like, maybe la- like last two years. Yeah. Even though we've had like huge leaps and bounds. Um, I felt jealous after I got out of high school, because just two years later, we started, like, actually seeing momentum on, like, um, like marriage equality, and kids were, like, like, the younger generation was much more, like, empathetic and, like, yeah. loving to queer people. And I was, like, jealous and envious, like, oh, I was born just, just a couple of years shy of things not sucking so fucking bad. But here we but are. But here we are. And yeah. we're regressing, and there's really nothing that, like, you can do to protect a queer kid from all of the things that are going to hurt them. And honestly, that's not a, that's not necessarily a net bad, because all of the things that Gilda and I went through growing up and go through today made us, I think, pretty fucking powerful and strong. Like, all the things that I dealt with in high school... Um, informed my opinions on how I treat others. The way my dad treated me growing up informed the way that I care for others. The way that my mom showed up for me informed the way that I, like, will go out of my way to try and make someone feel heard and understood and, and, 
like prioritized. So, I mean, all the things that had, and those are just like personal factors. That's not including all of the external factors that like the trauma that you get from seeing queer people constantly being, um, what, debated? Debated, yeah, like we're on a political my, point. Exactly, and I that's know. traumatizing. Yeah. That also, like, helped me to, to humanize myself and the people around me, like, the, the queer people around me in a way that I feel like makes me more patient Yeah. with the way that my friends sometimes behave in ways that maybe isn't the norm. Because I, I can see their hurt, and I can I can kind of, like, figure out why they hurt the way they do. What I'm saying is that all of these things... Um, that were bad that happened made me better. So it's not a, it's not a total wash to, yeah. to have them experience things. But the best thing that you can do as a parent is show up and tell them, I love you. I'm sorry this sucks. What can I do to make you feel safe? What right. can I do at home? Do you have questions, concerns? And, and along the way, let them feel hurt. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that my parents and I have struggled with the most is that when I was growing up, I didn't feel like there was space for me to be upset. It was always like, oh, you're upset? Well, here's a solution. Why do you still feel upset? You know what I mean? There wasn't a space to like let the emotion breathe and to let it feel. And especially when it comes to being queer publicly, it can feel really hopeless. And like to be able to like be held and to be able to be seen feeling that hurt and that pain and to not be expected to fix it right away and to not be expected to learn a lesson, but just to be allowed to feel shitty is immensely powerful it is the thing that i am teaching myself every day now is like how can i let myself feel bad when i feel bad how can i just allow myself to be sad to be angry to be jealous to be um to feel petty you know what i mean like i don't have to act on the emotions but i do need to give myself the space to feel the emotions for as long as they sit in my body Yeah, that's something that you've taught me a lot about. And it's been very, very beneficial to just, like, not try and tuck things away and put them in a box in the closet in my brain. Yeah, the only thing we're tucking away is our dicks. Yeah, period. Um, The other thing that I wanted to kind of, like, maybe bring up with you, Gil, from this question is, Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to stifle him, but I want him to be safe, especially with the government right now targeting queer people. So, like, uh, in a public public way. So this this teen... um, don't stifle them. Yeah. This this teen wants to, to exist as themselves in public. Yeah. Mom's not always going to be around to to protect him. Right. What are things that that she can do to help encourage him to be himself, give him the tools that he needs to know how to code switch as necessary? I think code switching is very important. Mm-hmm. Um and, and also take care of himself. Well, I mean, it's I would be curious how your child feels about that. Because, yeah. like, if your child... Like, I'm somebody who, sometimes to my detriment, am really comfortable code switching so that I can be palatable and passable and whatever in, like, the right spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there are some people who don't want to do that. That's true. They have the energy of like, fuck you. I'm not going to turn this off for you. And that's why I said earlier, like, I don't know that you can always keep them safe. Yeah. And so and so, if your child is somebody who does want to change their behavior in public, um, I definitely think that you can talk about like, well, here are specific like ways that you can shift that. Um, and also here is like uh, a process we can go through 
when you come home to help you feel safe and secure again here and that you can like let those walls down and return to a more natural state of being. Um, But if your child doesn't want to do that, I think there is just like a reasonable conversation we had about like, hey, like I'm not telling you to change who you are. I'm not telling you to act differently. I'm telling you that the world is a shitty place and that you're going to run into some shitty fucking things. And I'm so sorry it's going to happen, but you're safe here. And if you don't feel safe in public, I want to encourage you to behave the way you want. Whether that energy that that happens when you don't feel safe is, oh, I'm going to hide myself away. Or that energy is like, no, fuck you. I'm going to be more myself. Yeah. Um, because I think when it comes to like, I don't want to stifle my child. It's also about I don't want to stifle the responses of my child. I'm going to let my child respond to this situation the way that they would and not the way that I would want them to. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess the for for the the child like any any queer child, um, who maybe is more palatable in public facing situations because of fear, um, give them not just space at home, but help them find spaces where they can be with other queer kids. Great answer yeah. to be themselves and to socialize as queers. So many queer people are not properly socialized right. growing up. Like, I am one of them. I did not know queer people until I was out of my parents' house. Yeah. And, like, I... It took me forever. Like, there's a whole there's a whole culture and language that is to be, to be learned. And if you get it off from, like, uh, or whatever, then... Or Love Bites, a podcast. Or Love Bites, a podcast by two uh, highly caffeinated, unqualified... Over-caffeinated, underqualified drag queens. Yeah, thank you. It's okay, I'll do the advertising um, copy, I get it. Yeah, my, my brain's uh, night-quilled. Um, but yeah, like, give them give them spaces, like, help them find spaces to socialize with other queer people and um, to, to meet queer elders... Um, and people like them. And I think it's important for young queer people to see thriving 30-year-olds existing as themselves in the world, which is why it's a shame that, you know, all of these bills keep popping up that vilify us and make us unable to be seen by children. But, um, you know, there is the internet, and there is, like, the Louisville Youth Group, and, yes, which is amazing. Yeah, and there's there's other organizations, the, the Louisville Femme Club, which I don't, I think is more for adults actually. But there there's organizations in Louisville that are um, seeking to give community to marginalized people, and marginalized people include queer children. Yep, I agree. Yeah, thank you so much for this question. Yeah, I really hope question. it was helpful. Um, and you sound like a great mom. I hope things go well for you. She is a great mom. Great. Thank you all so much for joining us here on Love Bites. I'm Gilda Wabbit. And I'm Sydney Hampton. And we hope that you will listen next week. Bye.